Steve Rao is with me in the studio. Talking about uh, a recent Supreme Court ruling, This uh, I saw an article specifically that talked about the implications for Twitter, but this covers more than just Twitter, where they basically said that uh, if information is put on a social media site, that site is not responsible for the implications of the information. Is that kind of a good way of putting it? Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what it is. I mean, basically, uh, this is uh, Google and Twitter are the big wins by the U.S. Supreme Court, big tech. Uh, and uh, basically, it says that you cannot be suing those companies for misuse of information. If someone uses something off a site uh, and something happens, a terrorist attack or a violent attack, you can't say Google versus Gonzalez is the case. And uh, there's a good book. I always like to recommend a book by Ro Khanna, who's a U.S. congressman and a friend of mine. And uh, he, does, he represents Silicon Valley. And he's written a book called Big Dignity in Tech. And it's all about big tech and kind of like, you know, I personally believe they should have be some accountability, right? People are going to these sites, but that's a big case. It's, it's tricky, too. It's very difficult because how could you – basically, you have to say all or nothing that they're responsible for because you can't say like, well, in some cases, they'll be held responsible and in some cases, others because then it's just a massive gray area. Exactly. And I think it's, it's you know, the, Clarence Thomas wrote the majority opinion, but it's a big win for big tech. And uh, we'll continue to see, you know, what happens with, you know, the continued use of AI, open AI, chat GPT. You know, and I forgot, this open AI CEO spoke at the Senate hearings and he you know, agreed with a lot of the concerns we brought up. Yeah, so. no, that was very interesting to see that the CEO of the biggest, at least most popular right now in terms of the public eye, AI company, Saying that, yeah, there there could be scary implications. You were also wanting to talk about some recent uh, legislation that came through. Yeah, North yeah, Carolina. we don't we're running we don't have much time, so we might come back and talk about it next week. But for those of you listening, that big decision abortion uh, will in July will be twelve week waiting period with exceptions of rape and incest. Uh, Trish Cotham, uh, which really wasn't a surprise, but still shocked a lot of Democrats. He'd been pro choice, wanted to codify Roe v. Wade, and um, and now I guess the the million dollar question is. You know, where do we go from here? The fact of the matter is South Carolina's got a law right now. They're trying to pass six weeks. Um, the, the havens in the South was North Carolina, Florida, 15 weeks. They're trying to change their law. And now you've got North Carolina being added to the you know states where I think many, many abortions after Roe v. Wade was overturned in the Dobbs Health Jackson case were coming to North Carolina. So that's obviously going to change. And you've got Alabama, Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, M- Mississippi, many states like that. Tennessee, where it's really hard to get an abortion. So um, we'll see what what happens, you know, whether this is going to drive out more Republicans in the general election. Is it going to drive out more women that are mad? Um, I recently had a conversation with Senator Chaudhary, my friend. I want to bring him on in a few weeks. And he was just saying that maybe women will find it so hard to get an abortion that it could help in the elections. But we don't know. He doesn't know. We don't know. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. But Senator Ricky Sawyer, I've been reading her comments that she felt it was a compromise. Um it, it, these are tough issues, and um, you know that's something interesting that was in the legislation that I feel like does not get talked about nearly as much as it possibly should is the the increased funding for help with uh, foster care and things like that for a situation where an abortion typically would take place but now doesn't or won't in North Carolina because of the time restriction. Helping out that child when it is born. Yeah, I mean, that, I've never heard of that. That that could be a, a positive. So Senator Sawyer's talked about that, and uh, 
So I think this is a tough issue. And then finally, we're going to talk about guns and, you know, the abortion and guns is the two of issues. But I just dated a share that I got from Fareed Zakaria last week on the show. He wrote an article in Washington Post. But just for those of you listening, 120 people in America died today of gun homicide um, and 11 are children. 2023, we had 15,000. Last year, it was 48,000. 26,000 suicides out of the 48,000. Um, you know, it's amazing. I think this is a hard issue because... You have law-abiding citizens that that had their Second Amendment rights, and many of them are my friends. But at the same time, you have all these gun deaths. And if you look at Britain, for example, we have they only had 31 homicides last year, 31 gun homicides. In America, we had 48,000. So you're 100 times more likely to be killed with a gun in U.S. than Britain, uh, 150 times more than Germany. And I know mental health is often used as the issue, but that's a little bit tough because even Texas, which has three times the amount of gun deaths, as New York, which has the strictest gun laws, does that really mean they have three times as many mentally ill people? Or do we have 100 times more mentally ill people? Maybe it's a combination of both, right? What we do know is that in the states that have passed gun reform laws, they have less gun homicides like New York. And states near there, like New Hampshire, which has looser gun laws than New York, they actually have less gun homicides. Not an easy issue. Um, I know it's not, and I understand that we don't want to attack the people that own guns lawfully, but how do we attack the fact that this is happening so often? And that number really shot out to me that when we tomorrow, there'll be 120 people killed with a gun, another 120. So how do we stop it? I think it's addressing mental health, background checks, whatever. I'm just trying to throw it out there. I'm not trying to take one side or the other. But and we can look into that more next week. And yeah, then- just to have a conversation, folks, if you're listening, a comfortable conversation. We want to do the right thing. And and uh, I think it's 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 uh, one of those sensitive issues. We're all scared, and we pray for the families that um you know they're dealing with this. Certainly, certainly sensitive, and we all want the right solution. It's just a question of what is that solution? Yep, absolutely.